What's up, everybody? You are now listening to From the East Side with Love. As always, it's your boy Kosher, and we have a special MMA podcast, UFC 251. A new main event is in the building. Your boy Game Bread, he's game and he's ready. I gotta thank my co host on the other side for being patient, waiting on this, waiting on me to get in touch with him. Let me say, let him know where you're from. I don't know. What's good? What's good, Coaster? It's good to talk to you. It's good to uh, be back and rock with everybody. UFC 251 has me super hyped. So uh, I'm real excited to discuss this one with you, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Sound a little bit tired, but I get it. Long day at work. But we about to put in some work on this podcast, too. So let's get Yup, yup. Um, it's in Abu Dhabi, Yaz Island, correct? Yeah, it's Abu Dhabi for sure. I can't pronounce the names there, or uh, I haven't even looked up the exact spot. Yeah, yeah, Yaz Island. I believe it will be on the same time, though, for us. Yeah, and that means the fighters have to get up extra early, from what I understand. Yeah, do you think that would be an issue for any of the fighters? Uh, It's hard to say. I kind of don't, I can't imagine, I think the um you know the energy going into this type of fighting environment is going to be able to carry them but i would guess that some of them have done some type of preparation you know changing their schedules a little bit to get adjusted as well so you say that but this is one of the biggest events since uh the pandemic has started covid as we're what we're talking about so normally fighters may have gone a couple of weeks maybe even a month to get to the different location and get acclimated to the weather the time and all that jazz but from my understanding the UFC didn't set up anything until maybe a week or so a couple of days when I say a couple of days maybe nine eight to nine days prior to the fights and they you know, try to do a good job of isolating people. I hear you have to take at least five tests before you even fight on this Saturday. So, do you think, I mean, again, do you think this is, since this is the normal, these fighters are coming in a, a different time, you know, they're not going to have, it's really hot over there. I'm hearing it's about 105 at least when they landed there. Do you, again, do you, do you see that? Okay, well, you know, some people are more experienced. There's some fighters on this card, a.k.a. Game Red, with about 40 fights. Um, maybe they're used to this. And there's some other fighters, a.k.a. like Peter Yan, that has less than 20 fights. You know, like, do you, do, you, do you see, like, okay, maybe an experienced fighter may get maybe used to this as opposed to other fighters? Um, I don't, at this level, just looking at the names on this card, I don't think the you know those sorts of preparation issues are going to come into play except when it comes to the heat i am curious how the heat in abu dhabi is going to play out because the one thing that i remember from the last abu dhabi card was everybody complained about how hot it was and how ridiculous and smoldering it was and how tough it was to um to perform under those conditions and that's the one thing that I think was probably tough for these guys to be able to mimic. And it's going to be different to be in that humid atmosphere. 
you know even the ones that are in hot climates right now if there's not the humidity that could be an issue that we could see you know we may see gas tanks uh come into play uh cardio could be a very important player in some of these fights last i would do with dobby card if uh correct me if i'm wrong was poirier versus khabib correct yes sir okay all right in the bubble so, <laughs> yes <laughs> so um well, well that to be said what seven six six seven eight days notice we originally had Gilbert Burns coming off a hot streak and who deserved a shot at Usman, but unfortunately got COVID. And now we have the probably one, the most anticipated fight uh, this year scheduled, which is Gabriel versus Usman. And let's get into it because Gabriel, Jorge Masvidal, hasn't been fighting, right? The last time he fought was in November. Was September? November? Yep, yep. Okay. Uh, September, which was the BMF title against Nate. Um, and let's be honest, with this new resurgence, this new this new resurrection, Street Jesus has basically he he's gone back to the way of old, but he does have more he has this again I, how he calls it a violentness about him he understands that hey I can't have these fights with the Damian Mayas anymore you know I can't have these Wonderboy Thompsons where I'm giving these fights up to decisions I need to assert myself and I need to do it in a aka violent way aka in a baptism right yes sir so he fights Cowboy I believe he knocks out Cowboy or does he win by decision? That was a knockout. Okay, yeah. I swear, I, I believe there was a knockout that started with him. Then he goes against Darren Till. Beats him up. Knocks him out. Then, he's like, you know what? I want to get that BMF title. And the Darren Till, let, let, let's be honest. Darren Till, yes, he did lose a knockout uh, previously to that, to, uh, to Woodley, right? Yeah, Till had just lost to Woodley, but you know he's still top notch. He was still top notch, correct? And, and we, nobody expected him to lose back to back, and especially a knockout, right? It was a clever switch hand, uh, uh, fake or fake that uh, Jorge did and got Till out of there, respectively, in his own backyard at that. So, oh. Oh, and we can't we can't even the forget the Askren, right? The, the, the three second knee. fight. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we can't even forget that. So, but let me ask you this: Is there enough footage on Usman, or excuse me, Masvidal's true progression that you've seen over the last year and a half, two years? So the thing about it is, what stands out the most from Masvidal to me is how his IQ is just flown through the roof because some of these fights, like the Darren Till fight, he started off uh, from behind a little bit. Darren Till knocked him down in the first round and it took him a while to find, you know, to find the strikes that were getting closer, that overhand, and then eventually to line it up. 
it took him work but what you're seeing is like the calculation and the um like the approach mentally is just on a whole different level and dudes aren't ready for it when you talk about darren till he just beat kelvin gastelum at 185 he's a top he's still top tier uh ben Askren was coming in with a super hype train and nate diaz is known for breaking guys and masvidal came in and he he didn't just beat those guys he had them red he knew how to beat them take advantage of their weaknesses and that's something i think that's just i don't know how you game plan for it because masvidal is one of has one of the most diverse uh you know he's one of the most versatile attackers he beats ben Askren with a flying knee he beats darren Till with punches but he also has like darsh chokes on his record and clinch elbow knockouts you know that he can beat you with any strike and so the game plan is difficult if you have a month if you have two months to prepare usman just went from gilbert burns who is power and speed to masvidal who is a super diverse type of attack that he probably was not preparing for at all yeah so i let's let's get into it the gilbert fight there's level to it, right? The Gilbert is not going to do anything flashy to take you by surprise. Maybe give you a basic trap that, you know, to your point, you were talking about IQ. You're probably going to be able to get through it. Um, not something that I'm sure Usman has not seen or has seen. I'm sure he's seen the traps that Gilbert would set for him. And let's be honest, I think more of a threat for Gilbert was would have been the ground game. Um, submissions, right? Jiu-Jitsu. With Gabred, a higher quality opponent in striking and can hold his own. He's probably one of the most well and this this, this is a speak to a testimony, a testament to how long he's been doing it for 16 years. But because he's been doing it, he's seen almost everything and he's been able to actually develop a mixed martial arts bag. He can take down defense. As you mentioned, he has dark choke wins. He can wrestle. He can grapple. He got jujitsu. Damian Maya had a fit. Damian Maya, one of the most decorated jujitsu fighters ever, up there with Jacare, up there with Royce Gracie, could not submit him. And he had his back. And he had his back for four or five rounds. And, and they both came out of there unscathed. You know, obviously it was a demoralizing loss to Jorge because he felt like, you know, he needed to get the man off him. But and, and but it's a win because the dude, the, the dude literally did not get submitted. You know, yeah, he was controlled, but he never got submitted. And when he did get up to the ground or when he did stand up, Damian Maya was no match. But now, right? It doesn't matter if you have Trevor Whitman on your corner, dude. You 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 didn't have you don't have a game plan for Jorge because I honestly believe you don't know what he's going to hit you with. I don't think there's enough footage of the current. Yeah, you can find patterns of what he used to do or what he is prone to doing, but I think Jorge has manifested himself into a little bit more. I think his swagger has gone through the roof. I do think he's seen things a little bit more clearly, and I do think this benefits Jorge. Because he's not gonna game plan, he's gonna fight, and you see his true nature. It's the it's the fight. 
what is Usman's true nature? Is he a cookie cutter fighter? Meaning, okay, like he has to fight. He knows how to fight with a game plan, right? Is his bread and what is his bread and butter just wrestling? If his bread and butter is just wrestling, we're gonna see that. And I think I I honestly believe Jorge has enough in the bag to understand how to defend. But I keep mentioning Abu Dhabi, right? Yep. We understand, and this has been noted very clear. Our boy Jorge has to lose 20 pounds in several days, like five, six days, with the humidity. And at least Usman has been training. If is this his favorite Usman in the sense if he just needs to grind out a wrestling win, can he do it? Because this is probably the easiest path to a win with the conditions of Abu Dhabi. Yeah, that that is the big uh, wild card here. The other part about that weight cut that um because initially I was thinking you know twenty pounds isn't so bad. I've seen. I think it was Kevin Lee did, what, 20 pounds in a single day. And um, Max Holloway, when he was fighting Khabib, he cut, he was 30 pounds over heading into the week of the fight. 30 plus pounds. So I was like, you know, Masvidal can do it. But he also is quarantined when he gets there. He's got to stay in his room without much contact. And he can't go to a gym so or a sauna. So you're really limiting his options for how he can cut the weight. But... I don't, the sense I got from the way he jumped at this opportunity is this was a man who knew that if something happened to either guy in the main event, that the UFC would have no choice but to come talk to him and that he he had the preparation ready. That's the sense I've gotten. And he has been so smart about things that it, it wouldn't surprise me for him to be prepared for that. But the pace that Usman puts on guys is absolutely, it's second to none. It's him and Colby Covington and everybody else, you know? And that's where the fight gets super interesting to me is Masvidal isn't, the one thing that isn't in his game is like completely denying takedowns. He's a guy who's been taken down more than once in, I think it was like seven or eight fights when I looked through just of his UFC fights. And the thing the side the other side of that is he's really good at getting up but the amount of energy you're gonna have to expend if you get taken down get back up taken down get back up taken down get back up it can become really taxing so what masvidal is gonna have to do is figure out ways to be elusive and the one thing i think will be really telling is if kamaro can get uh can get masvidal down is is it in the middle of the octagon or is it against the cage? Because Usman does his best work, keeps guys trapped when they're against the cage. And if Masvidal's smart, or not if he's smart, he is smart, but if Masvidal is effective, I think it'll come down to smart footwork, which, you know, uh, I was talking to friends about Justin Gaethje just put on a clinic with Tony Ferguson just with an L-step. And it's going to be simple footwork things that could be the difference because I just don't know that Usman's all the way there on the feet. And I think footwork will be, you know, absolutely telling in this fight for who wins. I think 
excuse me. I think that Usman's a very safe fighter. That's going to work for and against him. Okay. He has an impressive resume, 16 and 1. But because he is a safe fighter, he doesn't do too much out of his element. And he's not going to, he's not going to surprise you. So, I think you can find a pattern with the way he fights. And for, again, Jorge, there was an advantage in fighting Burns. I heard they were former training partners. So, Usman had a familiarity with how he moves, how he feels. Maybe he had an idea of how the strength is for Burns. With Jorge, I think it's different, right? The most decorated wrestler that Jorge fought, he starched, okay? The best grappler that Jorge fought, he was able to fend him off. The only two things about those were he had a camp to fight in, right? He had a game plan. He was able to identify what they're good at and was able to neutralize it for the most part. With Usman, I don't know. You you really have to, like, because to me, Remy, if, if in my mind, if I am going to switch to a last opponent, it, it, it doesn't matter anymore what the what I uh, what the other person's good at. I just need to know what I'm good at because you don't have time to to, to implement a new technique. Like Trevor Whitman, to me, isn't a lose lose situation because yeah, he could tell Usman like, okay, you need to look at this and this and this. You know, it depends on how fast he's able to adapt to that and train that and he might be a brilliant guy and he might be able to get that but I think again this gives the edge to Jorge because now again you're just going back to your roots what you usually do I mean your first fight ever you were at a McDonald's drive through you get the call hey man we need you to fight in this backyard let's get it this is literally who could make this up 16 years later he gets the call of six days notice the first to have his first ever title fight the second most f- fights in the UFC history behind uh, Ubering, Overing, excuse me, aka Overing, with I think over 50 fights. We have Masvidal with 48 fights, and this is his first ever title fight, right? So Masvidal has been through this from literally from the beginning of his career, and now just being a, as accomplished as he is, and now finally getting the recognition. So. It is what it is, dude. He's going to bring that street mentality to the octagon. And you're going to, and you, and, and his opponent is more of the decorated, okay, like, look, I have my NCAA accolades. I have trained myself to fight. But this guy lived, aka lived to fight in Masvidal. So I, I think it's two different mentalities going into this fight. Not just even style, just mentalities. Like Masvidal to me is just like how Nate Diaz. This is the Nate Diaz versus Connor all over again. I think I think Masvidal. This is perfect for Masvidal. He knows what he has to do. 
close to what you said. He knows what he has to do. And he signed on the dotted line. He's here to hit the mission. And he's going to do it. I don't honestly, the only qualm I have is what you said. How How is the grappling going to go? Is is Masvidal going to do the Nate Diaz where he doesn't want to, he's not going to burn himself out? But then, and then, and then pouring on at the end. But then let me let me tell you, let me ask you this though. I believe Usman was tired against Kobe. So he did is, breathe is hard. Usman, so. It is Usman's gas tank all the way there. Mm. Uh, you know, it's hard to say. Kobe's a different type of animal. You know, the pace he puts on guys. So. I don't think it's it's uh you know it's not this it's never easy to compare him, a fight with him to anybody but what I will say is Masvidal and Kobe Covington were training partners for a very long time and that's uh the most similar fighter to Usman you could get that's the pace that you want to be prepared for and the style that you want to be prepared for so Masvidal has some experience against Usman's style and I don't think there's anybody that mimics Masvidal so there's a there's a ton of these factors that I think do play more into Masvidal's hand than he's getting credit for. Three to one underdog. Do you do you agree with those odds? Hell no, no. I could see Usman at like one and a half. You know, three to one. That's crazy. I may put a little bit of money on Masvidal just to see. You know, put maybe I'll put it on like a knockout to get some better odds on it. So, earlier this week, Masvidal was interviewed by Ariel Hawani, and he found out that's the odds that the odds makers gave him, and he was ecstatic. Turns out, he, I guess he does bet on himself. <laughs> it's not a bad idea, man. I'm definitely going to invest in some underdogs on this card. I'll put it that way. Okay. Yup, yup. What is the key to victory for Masvidal in your eyes? Uh, Keeping... It's going to be keeping the fight on on the feet for more than, you know... He's got to keep it on the feet for two minutes or more per round, essentially. And if he can do that and just stuff a few takedowns and... Do some work, maybe work the low kicks that he throws. I think he comes away uh, with a finish. Even he can knock out Usman. Usman can be knocked out. Okay, what's the key to victory for Usman? You want to trap. If you're Usman, you want to trap uh, Masvidal. You want to get him. You need to back him up. So I think Usman's work is going to be clinch work. It's going to be cage work, and he's got to get the fight to the ground and keep it there. He can't let Masvidal scramble back up because Masvidal's super elusive. Like you said, the Damian Maya fight, he got up multiple times and got out of the backpack, which not a lot of fighters can say they've survived that. So my thing, yeah, look at Gunnar Nelson. Gunnar Nelson can do it. And Gunnar Nelson is arguably a good grappler. Now, let me let me ask you this. If 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 if, if Masvidal understands, because he he there's been several interviews where Masvidal calls him 
you know, basically a crotch grabber <laughs> or yeah. just, you know, Mac crotch magnetizer or, or whatnot. Do you believe that there will be traps set, maybe chokes, maybe headlocks, like something that, that will be set? Like, okay, if you come in recklessly, like I am going to get you. Oh, that the reason I wanted to mention that dart stroke is because I think that's one to watch for is, you know, the front strokes, the front headlocks and specifically like a Darce or an Anaconda, we could see something like that specifically I'd look for. If he goes for, I wouldn't look for him to go for the like a guillotine be, or anything where he has to pull guard, but something where he could put his uh, lean forward on it, I think we could look for that. If Uzma wins, I think it's by a decision. I don't see him I don't I don't I don't see Masvidal letting himself lose by getting cut with a punch or giving up. I think he'll go to sleep. But the fact but the fact that I saw Masvidal fight Damian Maya and was like you said, was able to get out the backpack gives me a lot of confidence that okay you're not you're not, I, I mean uh what's it called Uzma's not a guy that, that that submits people as his nature anyway but i see i don't see him being put in a position to get submitted and i do believe that Uzma wants to get him out of there so we try to be ground and pound um but I don't I don't know if if fighting wise like to me what Masvidal is gonna do and this is gonna this kind of leads me into the next the co-main event it's gonna be the Max versus Alex let's go but to me Masvidal is not going to is gonna play the Nate Diaz he is going to rest he's gonna fill him out he's gonna keep himself in a safe position but. You know when it's time to fight, and and I and I do believe he's gonna counterpunch. I do believe he's gonna let Usman dictate the pace. And if Usman, if he sees you know a trap to get Usman, he'll he'll put him in it. But I don't think he's going to necessarily um, set it. Like I don't think he's gonna over over extend. If that makes sense, right? He's he's gonna let that come to him. And once it does come to him. Uh, he will he will exploit. That's the best way I can put it. He will exploit Usman. Because I again I believe Usman is a creative fighter. And that's not that is not that's not bad. I just don't necessarily believe he has that next level gear yet. You know, it it it, it even like John Jones, right? Like John Jones is a creative fighter, but he in the octagon, you saw you see him grow. And you see, like, okay, now this dude's a real fighter, fighter. Like he, like, yeah, he has a great corner with a Weekle John, but he's grown to become a fighter that knows how to win fights. And, and you've seen that. We haven't seen that with Usman yet. And I think this is this will be the time to tell, like, okay, what do you really have in your gut? Yeah, I I definitely can feel you on that. I think the big thing about Usman is he's been able to impose his will on pretty much every one of these fights i mean kobe covington they stood and usually he wrestles but i think they both made that decision consciously 
none of these fights that I look at when I look down this list, none of them was where he had to change his game plan. He did what he wanted to. I think Masvidal has the best chance of anybody so far, especially on short notice, to force him to tr- to have to look at a plan B or a plan C. And who knows if he has those on short notice. Now, I will say for the, for the betters out there, I do think, you know, the safe bet is always to go with the guy who had the full camp, the guy who's the champ, and, you know, it, you go with that. So as far as safe bets go, it would be Usman, but I'm picking Masvidal on this, and like I said, finish. <laughs> hey, you know what, too, dude? I think it actually low-key benefits Usman that it's going to be a quieter setting. You know, again, due to COVID, they can't have the multiple fans and, you know, and, and just a, uh, a big setting. Um, it's going to be more of an intimate because I do believe, and Usman may still feel this, but it won't, it won't be nowhere near the type of atmosphere or vibe where Usman will be getting rooted against. He oh, hasn't for had, sure. He hasn't had to feel that. You know, even against Woodley, um, you know, a lot of fans were tired of how Woodley kept playing it safe. So, um, people were kind of relieved that Woodley finally lost. Not necessarily that they were rooting against him. Well, some people weren't. But it's not like people were just like, oh, you know, thank God for... Uh, it's not like, uh, what's it called? There was a heel in that fight. But with Usman, he kind of became the person that people didn't care for. And obviously... If this was a fight, what they did say, they did say that there will be people there. We'll see if they cheer or whatnot. But Masvidal, I, you know, if Usman does care, people do, people do want Masvidal to win. I, I, I think the streets, I think the streets do believe that Masvidal would be the favorite for the fans. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and it. Also, will be interesting to hear the corner work because, like I've said, Masvidal makes some really nice adjustments in his fights. And Trevor Whitman, we just got to see him do a great job cornering Justin Gaethje. So it's always fun to see how the coaches handle the fights, too. Okay. Enough about that. Great, great main event. Hell yeah. Let's talk about the co-main event. Max versus Alex 2. And what I believe will be it's, it, it's crazy because it's like, it's, it's not fair. But I think it will be Max's defining moment. And and, and and hear me out, Remy. The reason why I say that is because, yeah, it, it, Aldo 1, Aldo 2, uh, Lamas, uh, uh, who else did? Uh, Ortega, Pettis. Like, it, it, the list goes on and on and on for Max. Is Max who we actually believe he is, man? Is he the GOAT? You know, we know that Max likes to start off slow, likes to fill out his opponents. He doesn't need to do that anymore, Remy. He's literally had five rounds to figure this out. And, you know, we I, I, I was looking at the strike numbers. Significant strikes. Yeah, no, or not yet, excuse me. Alex, Alex Volkanowski only outlanded him. Uh, about 20 more times in significant strikes. Okay, he had four. Da- he had four takedown attempts. All were stuffed. And the biggest thing to me, the factor is, was leg kicks. 
and I have a love and hate relationship with Lake Kick because it's the same thing with how I felt uh, how uh, Rampage lost against Forrest Griffin but I digress I don't see I don't see any reason for Max not to literally put his foot on the pedal and going after what is rightfully his and I I do believe that if Max is hesitant um, then he's not ready I, I, I he, he the mindset that he you know that he has prior to fighting like you know somebody because it's their it's his first time like okay let me figure him out I don't see there shouldn't be any hesitation like you know Alex is not going to change he's going to leg kick you you have to Max you fight in a wide stance your leg is going to be exposed we know what you're going to do Max what and Alex is going to do the same thing. He doesn't necessarily need to change. He might set up stuff a little bit more differently. But you need to figure out how to stop him from advancing as easy as he did now, Max. You're going to set, you need to set better traps. You need to figure out how to be a little bit more quicker on your feet. I was watching the Dan Hardy uh, fight breakdown. Dan Hardy had, brought, had, had said something magnificent. And there's a third. There's a part in the third round, Remy, where uh, Alex is is uh, walking towards, getting ready to attack Max, and Max counters him with a uh, a knee to a solar plex, and that intercepting was, knee, yes. And he was like, "Ooh," and, I, <laughs> that, and, and you know, I'm sorry for you. that. Might that might have been something that you were looking to say? Oh but, no, I'm hyped for that too. I love it. Yeah, but so so. You know, I, 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 I was like, okay, like that's something that Max, like that was a big moment. Max never ever fought, never did that again. But nobody's stupid. If you watch your fights again, or his coach watches the fight, his coach got to be like, bro, like we need to watch when Alex starts shifting around. If your punch can land, his body will always be there because he has to square up. You know, mm-hmm. if you yep. can't land if you can't land that head shot, his body, his his midsection will always be in your face because of the way he shifts and he squares up when he has to shift. So that's something that I believe Mac can totally exploit. Absolutely. And he did. He did in the fourth and fifth rounds of the last fight. That was uh one thing I noticed was when Max started to find more success and he won the fourth round on one card, the fifth round on two cards, was he started to change his combinations because Volkanovski, what he does is he comes in, he closes on a leg kick almost every time, and then he backs out. He angles in really in a clever way, but he usually backs kind of straight out and he brings a really high guard and his body's just wide open. And as Max started to hit the body, then the hands came a little lower and Max started to find the head too. And um, <clears throat> I'm curious to see if um, if that carries over to the next fight, if Volkanovski comes up with an answer, because we should, I think it's worth mentioning, um, City Kickboxing, they have some really great game plans. They have a really good team. Dan Hooker was just, he lost, but it was in the fight of the year, possibly with Dustin Poirier and Israel Adesanya is their flagship guy. 
So, you know, they have great game plans. They know how to adjust. And they're in New Zealand where he probably was able to train with his team a lot better than Max, who worked over Zoom with his team. That's how he had to train. So there, there's that aspect of it, too. And my fear with this fight, like you said, you think it's a deciding moment for his career. I think what it might tell us is this is going to let us know if the blueprint to beating Max Holloway is to employ those leg kicks because he never found his rhythm. And even in those in that fourth and fifth round, he started to work the body. He started to have more success and the fight got was super close. I edged both those rounds to him. Uh, you know, he never really got into the type of rhythm we're used to seeing him in. And I also think that's kind of, I feel like Volkanovski's performance in that fight has been super gassed. You mentioned um, he landed more significant strikes. That was all made up of leg kicks. Max landed more to the head, landed more to the body in significant strikes. He only got outlanded to the leg, but it was by like 40 or 50 leg kicks of significant strikes. So that's all to say it was a competitive fight to me more so than the narrative but the reason that narrative is so pervasive is because Volkanovski broke Max's rhythm and we're so used to seeing Max even in the Poirier loss be able to throw to constantly throw and to keep pressure on guys and Volkanovski was constantly able to break up that rhythm between the takedown attempts the leg kicks and every once in a while coming up with something strong at Max but he never threatened any type of knockout I don't think he ever had Max really hurt except maybe the switching of the stances was due to leg kicks and I just think the first fight was more competitive than people think and I think the second fight if they were on regular camp schedules I would absolutely have Max as a favorite with confidence Um, what concerns me is the you know he trained himself with some zoom direction you know that makes me a little nervous but i just think it comes down to like you said he's got to have an answer for the leg kicks and i think a big thing is let's see if he can if he can continue the body work that was so successful to me in the first fight in the fourth and fifth rounds i again i max fought Aldo twice and even though we haven't seen this Aldo of late we know what Aldo brings potentially can bring which is obviously the next fight we're going to talk about which is leg kicks so I just believe that that's going to be like Aldo or Max should know Max should know how to fight if his legs are getting taken away like he, I, 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 I have a hard time believing, as good as he is, that he can't figure that out. And if he can't, Joe Rogan has said it best, dude. Like Joe Rogan was like, "Is this the era where people need? Because everybody gets troubled by leg kicks, dude. Um, and and the, the different style of leg kicks, the calf kick, the 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 um, the shin leg kick, like the the one that the oblique kick that uh that John Jones famously uses. Yep. So, so, I guess to me now, it, it's Max could break that mold and he can show people how to do it. But I, I, I don't... 
I don't see how Max loses this, dude. I mean, I, I don't. I'm not concerned. I, I, Max doesn't seem concerned. Um, I mean, hell, Max was about to fight somebody concussed, dude. Like, I doubt. <laughs> I, like, 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 dude, I, I really am not tripping about Max, yo. Like, you know, it, it, it it's. Again, this is one of those fights where Max knows what he has to do. And I think that the first two rounds did him in because, again, like you said, he's able to add on more at the end. But because he keep get, he kept getting disrupted, it kind of limited on what he was, what he should have been doing all along. And now you felt the dude. You probably took his best punch. You don't have any fear. Go get back what's yours. That's how I see it. So I, I, I don't. And I'm, and, and you know what? I wouldn't put money on a knockout, but I believe Max will try to get him out of there. I, I, I or, or I mean, hey, Alex is a tough one ever again, so I doubt he'll get knocked out. But I believe Max will start fast. He'll keep the tempo going. He's going to he's going to try to disrupt Alex. That's why I think I think that's the mission that Max is going for. He's gonna try to be first. He's gonna try to disrupt Alex, get Alex to move back. And like you said, Alex can't work off the back foot that well. He he kind of moves laterally, and that's where I think Max is gonna start doing his best work to the body. Get this man out of there, yo. Yeah, that's that's what I that's what I've had as my uh, belief all along, and I'm gonna stick to it. I'm with that. The body work will be the difference, the game changer for this rematch, and Max will win. I do have, like, I immediately started to have some concerns after hearing the way he's been training. But you're right. This is a dude who had, what was it, a 13 fight win streak, has fought Frankie Edgar, Jose Aldo, Cub Swanson, Jeremy Stevens, Charles Oliveira, Anthony Pettis, you know, like, the tip top of the best. So I'm sure his preparation is on point at this point regardless you know so uh, i'm sticking with my boy max holloway too yeah i think he gets it done i mean look we if we would have to eat our words if he is not if he can't win because we crowned him the goat you know unfortunately some go to take l's and some don't but Again, this is one. This is going to be one of his defining moments. Uh, how he bounces back from uh, a super competitive fight, and you know, and, and, and it's gonna be telling because it's not like these guys have to change much either. Like, what does Alex have to do? He just really needs to focus on the kicking. And maybe being a little more elusive or timing his shots a little bit better. But Max now, he knows, okay, this is what Alex is going to go for regardless, right? He knows he's faced under Frankie Edgar. You mentioned it. Like I said, the two Aldo fights. Like, I don't see how he does not believe that that might happen. You know, so I, I, I um, it was a blessing in disguise because now I think Max, if this is a person that we believe he can be, he'll even be a better fighter for it because if another fighter comes with him with leg kicks and he wins 
or if this happens again and he knows how to adjust, then how do you stop this guy? The only way you could stop Max, to me, is a reach thing because of how long he fights. So if he can't reach you, and that's one thing, he has to put himself in a little more danger for you to get to him. But if it's not a reach thing, I Max is a like it's hard to take him down, right? It, 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 it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to stand up with him because he can stand up with the best of them. He's shown it to you, so it is going to be the leg thing. That is that is the crucifix of a lot of fighters' strategy now, and it it's good to see somebody at that level, Max's level. How can they deal with it? Yes, sir, man. And I think the key here, like you said, this has a big implication on who's the GOAT of 145. And the conversation is either going to be Max or Aldo, or it's going to be Volkanovski or Aldo after this one. And I think that the funny part about that is that the next fight is Aldo fighting for the 135 belt, while these two are fighting to be in the conversation with him for 145. I mean, perfect segue. Perfect segue. Because this Aldo and Yan fight has me a little worried. I can't remember the last time Aldo's won a fight, unfortunately. Um, obviously, which fight did he win recently? He lost against Marias, which is very arguable. Yeah, that one. I gave him that fight. And then he knocked out Hanato Moicano. Yeah. Um, Yes. A, couple, a year ago, actually. Yeah. A little over a year ago. Yeah, and that was a great fight. But before that, he was on a losing streak. He he uh, he lost against Max. I can't remember who else he fought. But the, oh, he's literally beat everybody except for Max and lost against Marias. And we were really worried about his weight cut at 135. But he proved us wrong. He came on later on, especially in the later part of the rounds, and did well. And uh, again, uh, disbelief and decision, but it is what it is. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. Aldo was so talented. The way he dismantled Frankie Edgar several years ago was probably one of the best performances ever in the octagon. But then he turns around and he has to fight Max Holloway and he loses. He gets knocked out. Um, and he's going against a guy who is interesting because he's, what, 14-1? and one And hasn't shown a lot. That's the thing about Peter Yacht. I don't, I don't, you were bigger on it. Um, I, I had to watch footage on him to get more familiar. But it's not like the dude has, again, he uses plan B or C or help even have to implement probably his full plan A. He's just in the cut, chilling. You know, it's fierce as all hell, dude. Um, and hasn't really had named opponents like that. I mean, he had your favor and Jimmy Rivera. But let's be honest, those guys aren't any of the nowhere near the caliber of Aldo. And I, even on Aldo's last leg, I'd still believe I, I would still put money on Aldo over Uriah. But this is a huge step up for Jan. But I don't, it doesn't, 
I don't think Jan's phase, bro. Like, I don't see Jan being like, oh, this is the legend himself I'm fighting against. Plus, again, I'm not too convinced Aldo's going to scrap. I get it. But I don't know if I like 135 Aldo yet. You know, and and again with all, again with pre, you know, post COVID, like, like he has to really make sure that he's keeping himself in top shape, being able to lose this weight cut in a safe, productive manner. Same with Jorge, same with Max, same with same with Alex, and same with Usman. All these fighters have to be able to do what they have to do, but Aldo, man, like. There's something that kind of scares me. I want to put money on Aldo, like literally all the dogs, Aldo, Max, and Mazdal. I would love to do a parlay bet for them, um, but I feel like Aldo would be my weak link in that in that bet, just because he he's actually changed the way he's fought. But I don't think it's in the in the benefit of him. He's a sharp boxer, and he's a wicked striker, but he doesn't do the leg kicks anymore. And I don't know if it's because of that Korean zombie fight where he busted his leg or what it has been. But even when the Max Hall, again, I gotta I gotta go back to the cold. I always thought that was going to be Max's that was gonna be Max's weakness, dude. Leg kick the crap out of out of Max's lead leg. And and although was having success too against Max. And but it wasn't because of the leg kicks, it was just because of the striking. But then Max caught up to him and, and, and dropped him. But you know, I, I, Peter Yard's no joke. He's a Chris striker. And you know, again, I was watching the Dan Hardy fight thing, and and it was interesting because he said that Peter Yard fights egoless. And I don't know if you watched it or if you could understand it, but really quick for the people at home listening. Meaning, Peter Yan will throw a punch with bad technique. Will throw strikes with bad technique just to see how you would react. And on that third or fourth time, he throws it with something behind it that's going to catch you. Yeah, that... That's the danger behind Peter Yan. That's such a perfect description. Like, Yan's story is pretty wild. Like, he, he earned a Master of Sport in Boxing, which... Um, is like a Russian classification and what it means is he had a ton of boxing experience before the MMA kicked off so the 15 matches is a little bit deceiving and that's why like so what what was so fun about witnessing Peter Yannisend was you can just tell with certain guys because of how crisp and clean this dude is everything about his boxing technique is really beautiful and it's those traps setting traps you know he'll faint uh he'll you know he'll throw a little something ugly just to see where your head's at and what makes that so interesting to me is like aldo is a head movement fighter and the guys who have given aldo the biggest trouble are the guys who throw a lot of feints at him because they can force him to react too much and start expending too much energy but on the other side of that We've got the one fight at 135 he had was Marlon Madice, who is got to be the fastest striker in the division, maybe in the UFC. He's got a ton of power, and Madice got the better of Aldo for a round and a half. 
but it was all speed based. Aldo was walking him down by the end of the fight. He took his he took Madice's best strikes and kept coming forward. And he didn't run out of gas in that three round fight, which was, you know, surprising to me. He was the one putting his uh, foot on the pedal at the end of that fight. And he's been constantly adjusting since the Connor and the Max Holloway losses. He's been constantly building out. And he is one guy who discussed switching up and going professional as a boxer. His hands are super clean, too. So I think what's so exciting about this fight is we're talking about two of the cleanest, sharpest boxers that we get to watch in any fight in any year. And they're about to clash. And it's like Jan doesn't have the um, the resume right now compared to Aldo. But it's just something that you can see with how clean his striking is. And he does mix in those kicks, too. It, it's interesting. I could actually see Jan throwing more kicks than Aldo in this fight. Because, like you said, Aldo doesn't throw the leg kicks as much anymore. And, you know, he he's very much confident in his hands and the power and speed in them. And Jan, I'm curious to see how Jan is going to deal with speed like Aldo's. It, it's different, you know? John Dotson by the time Zion fought him, was not at the speed of a prime John Dotson. Jimmy Rivera is sharp, and he's got speed, but it's more explosion to everything he throws, you know? And Jan was just able to make reads pretty quickly in that fight. And Favor, you know, the there's a blueprint for Favor at this point, I think is fair to say. The overhand right is what you watch for. So now he's got to fight somebody that's going to bring a speed difference, it's going to be a much bigger fighter. And I'm super curious about that. But this is the one where, like you said, the least confidence of the dogs. This is the underdog I have the least confidence in. And it's the, you know, the nature of the camps. Abu Dhabi heat. Uh, a history of cardio issues. Now he's got to do a fourth and fifth round. It's not just three rounds like with my ice. And, um, you know, I just... There's a lot of things on the periphery that make it hard for me to uh, pick Aldo in this fight. But there is so much of a wild card because of how good he looked against Mud Ice. And because he may have, he's bringing things to the table that we just haven't seen Jan even have to deal with yet. So it, it is a super intriguing fight. I am massively excited for this fight to watch two technicians go at it. But I do, they, like, in the back of my head, there's a real concern that Jan's going to be able to make reads and use his feints to set up, you know, those combinations that are just really pretty to watch. They, they're, they're simplistic and, like, they're, you know, one-twos and, you know, three-strike combos, but they're so sharp, clean, and precise, and there's so much into them that they're just really fun to watch. He's, I can't. I gush about how good this dude, like how clean this guy's style is and how aesthetically pleasing his boxing is for real. Okay. So if he is as good as you say he is, or you think he is, at least, <laughs> what do you got? So I think that I'm going to go with Jan overall, but I think, I think the odds that I saw were either two to one or four or even higher than two to one and i think that's crazy aldo's power and speed could be something that throws jan completely off we just don't know yet but um 
with everything going on, I'm I'm leaning towards Jan on this one, and I think it would be Jan probably by decision. Maybe he gets him out of there late in the round in championship rounds. Okay, okay. I I I don't want to see I don't want to see Alba losing like that. So I'm going to say that he if he does lose, it will be to be a bad decision. I hope he doesn't get Aldo out of there. Because I don't know where all the goes from there. Um, I truly believe that, like, unless all those hurting for money, or he has like a bigger plan. I know he's uh, he's opened several like businesses in Brazil, and you know, I think he's getting revenue income. All those no gatekeeper, and maybe he would stick around because he would still be like top three and top four or whatever to possibly get another title shot but I don't know what is there left for Aldo to prove you know and we don't and I don't and we know that Aldo's been talking about retiring I mean he said he's rejuvenated and he you know he's gonna keep going but if Aldo loses I mean there is a there is a line at 135 right so who would his potential matchups be would he go against Cody Cody Garbrandt which I would love to see that because now Aldo would have somebody that I think you could read a lot easier. And it's a similar style to Peter Yan because, you, you know, the, the amateur bo- or the boxing experience, some guy some guy that's going to be, you know, who's going to be throwing similar styles as far as the, the one-two and the, and the feints. Um, but I don't think he's as intelligent as Yan, so that's that. But, uh, Maybe he gets a rematch against Marias. I, I, and I, and I don't, I don't, I don't dislike all those chances against anybody. But again, it's like, damn, dude. Like, does does Aldo want to be in that dogfight again? Does he want to keep having to climb up the ranks? You know, I think, I think, I think Henry Cejudo did him a favor um, to get that title shot. But if Aldo loses this. And has to fight like twice. I'm going to presume he would win, but if he loses against a pro, uh, somebody that's not a champion after that, I don't know, man. I I I, I think I think there's going to be a lot of writing for Aldo too. That like that's so that's what I'm basically saying. Like, yeah, how many chances can you give Aldo? You know what? I think if he loses this one, he'd be looking at like fights with other legends. I think. Dominic Cruz becomes the name that comes to mind for me if he loses this fight. You know, like somebody who is past their prime but still good and who would who has some type of value, like big name value. That would be what the UFC starts doing with him. Yeah. Either that or they'll they'll wait till he starts past his prime and then, you know, have him taking L's to their prospects, which they do and I hate to see it happen, but <laughs> right. He's not ready for that yet, so they'll have him fighting other legends. Yeah. Okay. And and that, that's respectful. Like, I, I I'll rock with that. But you know you know what I'm saying. Like I can't. I don't know how many how many times you give Aldo a chance, and it doesn't come through fruition. Unfortunately, because people have just been able to get get to him. You know he the Max Holloway fight, the second one. I I thought he had a good shot, but it, I mean Max just clearly outbeat him. Um, and you know, like I said, I don't necessarily know. I just, I just haven't. 
I just have I don't have a good feeling about Aldo um, in the more recent years than uh, than before. And um, I hope it's not a money thing. I hope he's not fighting for money because if that if that's the case, then he will have to resign and fight these fights. But if he's able to go out on his own accord, um, then let it be. But I but I do think that this is a legacy fight for Aldo for sure. You know, like he. I don't see him having another shot at a title fight. So there's a lot of writing on the line for him, whether he believes, you know, whether he sees that or not, because he may not, you know, he may feel great and he may feel like he could keep doing it at this high level. But I just don't know how many more, how many more shots the UFC, the UFC, the 135 has been tied up forever, for, for a minute now. So it might be another a year and a half before Aldo could even sniff another title shot. Then he's gonna be a lot older and 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 as far as fights, he's a young dude, but fight wise, he's not. So, I mean, that means you're gonna have to find another couple more fights to get a fight. And what if the next fight is close? I don't know, dude. I just, I, I I just think there's trouble for Aldo if he loses this fight and hoping that he still will get the respect that he deserves. Yeah, I think you know what my one thing is the if the Marais fight did anything for me, it was give me confidence that there will be interesting matchups for a while. And the one thing I think is the the UFC will come to a point where they don't give him a title shot unless he wins an absurd amount of fights and or there's like a really nice storyline to it. But it's gonna wind up becoming. I think this is his last title shot for a very long time if he loses for sure. Right. I'm with that. Right. You want to head off the ladies, man? Oh, man. I think, like, this is... So, we've got three title fights, but the fourth fight on this card is so worth mentioning because it's also a rematch of a fantastic title fight that we saw once before. So, we've got the former champion, Rose Namajunas, meeting, making her return since losing to Jessica Andrade, losing her belt. And she's fighting. It's a rematch with Jessica Andrade. And what was so hype about the first fight was the first round that Rose put together was super clean, super... One of the most um, picture-perfect performances that you could ask for in terms of she was countering, she was slipping, she had knockdowns, she did a little bit of work um, using that Kimura grip to stop a slam from happening. She was just super hard to stop. Andrade had nothing for her. And then it seemed like two things happened. Andrade did some body work that slowed her down. And then Andrade started to catch up to her. And it wasn't anything from the striking, but Andrade picked her up. And she went for the Kimura grip a second time. She didn't let it go in time. And when Andrade slammed her down, she got knocked out immediately. And that rewrote the uh, the division. Because, you know, Joanna... Jun Jacek became back in the title discussion right away. Weili Zhang rises to the occasion and we've seen the title change hands a couple of times now since Rose. But Rose coming back gives us the most interesting contender for Weili Zhang, I think. And the most interesting battle in terms of can she avenge that loss because if you're looking for a better first round there's not a lot. You If you watch that first round and you didn't know the outcome, there's no way anybody's predicting Andrade is going to win that fight. Oh, yeah. It's a stuff of legends. That that first round is, I mean, man, I mean, magnifique. Like, it was, it was beautiful. Like, I 
was like, and, and you, you, but you have to look at the history behind it, dude. It was literally what six, seven rounds, six rounds before that. Meaning, she knocked out uh, Joanna, if I'm not mistaken, in the first round, in the first fight, for her to get the title. Clean, clean striking, and then. She faces Joanna on a rematch and just outboxes her, outstrikes her for five rounds. It shows that this was not a fluke. I got this, okay? And then continues it up again against Jessica in the next, you know, the next fight on that first round. I will, again, I, I, a lot of my information right now because I, I, I've been watching Dan Hardy uh, breakdowns. So this is something interesting that I wasn't aware of. I mean, you may have known this, so forgive me if you do know, and I don't know, but hey, information is information. For sure. So, Dan Hardy said, it is illegal for you to be tossed and, like, like somebody to pick you up and land you on your head. It's illegal. Okay? But, if you are in a position for a submission, and you choose not to let go of your submission, so you're going for an arm bar, going for a Kimura, whatever it is, and it places you in a position where you, excuse me, where you happen to land on your head, it is okay. So, meaning, it's exactly what happened to Rose, right? She was in a position to where she, yeah, dude, she could probably get land on her head, but she never let go of that lock, to your point. And because there was a debate that was that what was that illegal for her to get thrown the way she did, and um, you know, and she landed on her head. But because, to your point, as you alluded to earlier, she did decide to um, she did decide to keep the strike, to keep the hang, hang, holding on to the uh, to the uh, to the lock. the Kamara grip exactly. It, it did her in, man. It did her in, and, and and therefore made the made the slam legal. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting. I doubt, I I doubt like she's gonna let go next time. Um, but I do think that she will be better. She she will use a better tactic than she has. If that makes sense, Rose will. But we also know Rose has gone through a lot of trauma. So it's going to be interesting to see how she kind of like focuses in and blocks everything and, and just executes her plan. I believe that this is going to be Rose's to lose because we already know Jessica Andrade is go, it's a pit bull. She's gonna do one thing. She's gonna swing crazy and she's gonna try to she's gonna try to grab you so she can do it do the exact same thing. Slam you. Right, and because of how she's built, she could probably get away with it with a lot of fighters. And we know Rose isn't. I mean, I I was watching Embedded. She has a hard time keeping the weight, Remy. So it's not like Rose is coming in heavy to keep it stuck. Nah, she's gonna be her thin frame. You know, gonna be light on her feet and handle her business. Um, but because I, you know. I, I'm going with Rose, man. She, she's just too much thug, bro. She's. Just, I don't care. I don't care what Jessica does. I think Rose is gonna snap 
and she's she's gonna try to get Jessica out of there, dude. I don't I don't see I don't see her giving Jessica rounds to keep grappling her. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think the I think the big difference is Rose is gonna look to get her out of there, it, like quickly. And the other thing I think about Rose right now. She is technically at a level where there are few women that are even close. You know, Joanna gave her a competitive fight, but she she was clearly above her on that. She walked through Michelle Waterson, who's another great technical fighter. And Andrade, you know, it came down to the slam. Rose is a, a special talent, and she kind of always was. Our biggest concern with her has always been the mental aspect of the game because she has had fights where... She just hasn't been mentally in it. Um, the Esparza loss comes to mind. And the one thing that does... The one, if you're going to look for outside variables, um, rest in peace to the family members that Rose has, that she lost family members to the COVID crisis. And that's why this fight got pushed back to this date, um, you know, July 11th. And, you know, I hope everything's good. She seems like she's in a good place mentally. Everything looks strong. And... To be honest, I don't think we saw... I think that was the biggest evolution we saw with the Joanna fights. Was Rose seemed like she was she was reaching an unbreakable state. And um, she mentioned after losing the belt that it was almost a relief for her. Yes. That the mental strain was heavy. And the way she lost that fight was a mental mistake. It was, it was a mistake of, you know, let go of the grip, you know, something. But I think... She seems like she's had a lot of time. She's had a lot of clarity. And the ways she has to adjust are pretty... Like, she can come up with game plans to respond to what Jessica Andrade was doing. And we haven't seen Andrade really evolve outside of body work and slams. She, she, that's what she's going to do. So, I'm riding with Rose, too. And I think if it's not in the first round, I think second round early, we'll see a finish. Yeah, and I, and I think... Look... For as great as another fight of the year contender with Joanna and Whaley. Look, they were both going ham at each other. And Rose, and, we, and, and before we saw Rose versus Joanna, I thought Joanna had one of the best hands, you know, for just a mixed martial artist girl or boy. But then Rose showed you, like, there was not. There's another level above that. And Rose handled Joanna fairly easy. You know, fairly, fairly easy. So it's like, good grief, dude. Like, what, yeah. what, what, what kind of matchup does that mean to Zang and Rose go at it, you know? Like, Zang is a strong girl, so she may have to go more of the... Andrade approach than the than the Joanna approach because Joanna's not gonna try to grapple you. She's gonna just throw hands with you. But if Rose is out here out here picking her shots and looking like Muhammad Ali pull like a butt butterfly sting like a bee on you, you're not trying to get your face messed up. You're gonna have to just grab her and throw her down. And I can see that, you know, I see why girls are going after Rose like that, unfortunately, you know, like that could be the move because Rose's hand is so sharp, bro. Like it's you know she's she she you know she's a rose and she's got thorns she's and her thorns are her hands man so she's trying to she's trying to she's trying to lay them on you man she's trying to lay them on you. 
Yup, she Rose fights the it, it's a pretty style. It's aesthetically pleasing, like I mentioned with Jan. And the only way that anybody beats her, you have to fight ugly. You gotta get in the clinch with her like Carolina like Carolina Kovakevich did. You gotta drag the fight to the ground the whole time like Carla Esparza did. Or you've gotta come out the woodwork with some, you know, pile drivers like Jessica Andrade landed. There's so, no there's no technical I'm gonna outpoint this girl. Nah, 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 nah. She 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 yeah, she she knows what she's doing. She knows what she's doing. Um I just got wind that Diago Santos is coming back, dude. Really? I man, I always liked Diago Santos, man. Uh, you know me. I I was gassing him before when he was getting knocked out at 185. <laughs> oh, and guess who his first fight is against, dude? Uh, Jan Blackwitz. No, Blackwitz. Love that. Glover. Yeah, he said, but uh, sorry, you say sorry. You are, if Jones comes back, are you saying that he's, he's that he's destined to fight Dom? That yeah, I think I think Jones' comeback fight should be a rematch with Reyes. I think that's that's the fight we want to see. And Thiago Santos knocked Jan Blackwitz out. It would be a nice way to remind everybody just how good he is and show us that he's still, you know, that he's back because, you know, both knees were shot and, you know, massive damage to one of them. But you said Glover. You know what? I like that as let's see where he's at. And Glover is a good test. Glover has been on a nice run. That That's an interesting fight. I'm, I'm really hype about that. Good. I'm happy to see uh, the return of Thiago I- Santos. I think that's a dangerous fight for Thiago. I think that you should give him maybe a Johnny Walker because Glover's on the tear. <laughs> like, <laughs> Glover, Glover's on a tear, so I don't know. Like, if you if he loses against Glover potentially, that he, that immediately puts Glover in title shock attention. That if he wasn't already, if you give like it should be Glover versus John. I, I think that should have been the fight. You know what? Off of his performance against Anthony Smith, it's hard to disagree. That was uh, that was a really one-sided, just dominant performance, and we haven't seen that from most of these guys. I think nobody has really set themselves apart apart from the pack to an extent where I'm like, oh, this guy definitely deserves it. I kind of felt that if we were going by who has the um, recent work i would go with what jan blackowitz has been pulling off with his knockouts of people but i would have been fine with glover getting the shot and the other one is i definitely think that um a dominic reyes rematch would be the most interesting fight to make for jones just to see what he does with the adjustments knowing and jones in rematches is just so fun to watch the way he's the way he is clean dudes up the second time out so i'd yeah. be super curious yeah. about that no, nah, most that, most that, but I, I think this does give a little leeway for Jan maybe versus Dom if 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 you know Jones and the UFC can't agree. That 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 might be the reason. Um, but I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't I don't know if I uh, totally agree with that matchup for Thiago. Because again, where does Thiago go after that? Like, he's either immediately right back in title contention, or he he just lost to the champ. Um, he just lost to probably what number two 
or three ranked now. So you're gonna have to work your way back up after that. So definitely not, not definitely. Shout out to Thiago for taking a tough, tough ass fight. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, fresh off of knee surgery and doing five rounds with the goat. Yeah, dude. Yeah, good. He's yeah. just like throw me in with Glover, man. I'm, yeah. I'm right back at it. Yeah, dude. I, I want to pick up where right where I left. I mean, shoot, he could have at least fought Anthony Smith or something like you know, like <laughs> that's not gonna be at because Glover, Glover is dude. I, like for for being old or whatever, like the dude is. Dude is nice, you know. Like I'm not gonna hate like Glover. Please. What's he four or five fights in a row right now? He's on that yeah. he's won. He yeah. I don't just, think he's lost. I don't think he's lost his Jones, dude. It's crazy. He's. I think. Oh, you know who? Uh, he lost to Gustafson a while back. Yeah, the Alex, uppercut. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I remember that one. But he's only lost to like top tier guys, and he's smoked pretty much anybody that wasn't somebody who could give john jones a tough fight you know yeah so and I'm, I'm pretty happy about it just because i stand tiago santos i i was standing him at 185 when he was kind of a mixed bag so i'm hyped to see it i, I think he'll be back in the conversation pretty quickly uh assuming the knee holds up i really hope i'm i'm really hopeful to see him make another run yep last but not least man i know you got some uh some things to talk about as far as uh, quick betters uh, or things to look out for. Notable fighters, excuse me. Yeah, other fights that are worth mentioning. Um, the prelim headliner is Volkan Uzdemir versus Yuri Prashaka, who has never fought in the UFC, which is probably weird to people. But he has fought a ton of former UFC guys, Bellator's best. He's fought in a very good rising fights. And he's a really interesting prospect to throw into the mix. And he's getting Vulcan Uzdemir for a reason. Um, he's lost one fight since 2013. And it was to King Mo, a prime King Mo. And he avenged it by knocking King Mo out. So we're talking about a real deal interesting fight right there. And a dude who's worth looking out for. I think Vulcan Uzdemir is super legit too. So I'm not saying to underestimate him in that. But... Uh, I'm very excited to see Yuri's debut with the UFC. And the other fight that I think is a little wild is Paige Van Zant versus Amanda Rivas. Amanda Rivas is uh she's a pit bull. She she blitzes people. She's got a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt and a judo black belt. It shows when girls go to the ground with her, but she likes to stand. And the thing is, she hasn't fought anybody with any kind of striking yet. She fought Emily Whitmire, Mackenzie Dern, and Rana Marcos in the UFC. None of them are very good strikers. And she was able to impose her will and look very good against them. But Paige Van Zant has fought Rose Nama Yunus, Michelle Waterson, you know, top tier, top of the top. So I think my issue with it is I get why people are picking Amanda Rivas. Uh, I got Paige Van Zant with seven to one odds on one of my apps on uh, the Poker Stars app. So I put a little bit of money on it just to see because the competition difference is huge. But I do think Amanda Rivas, this is a good chance for her to show she's really in the conversation. And I think you'll get a kick out of like, you'll see her actually shoulder roll, which is something we don't see many UFC fighters do, let alone female fighters in the UFC. So it's fun to watch when she tries to throw the uh, shoulder rolls and encounter off them. So it, that's a fun fight, definitely. 
And this would be Paige's last fight on her uh Yes. Like career. Or not career, but her contract, correct? Yes, she's going to free agency. She said she never renegotiated her contract, even after Dancing with the Stars and all of that. So she's testing the water, and I'm sure every every league is going to look to add her because she is a very popular fighter. And correct me if I'm wrong, um, this is a long time in the coming because she hasn't fought in years. I don't, I can't remember a Paige Van Zandt fight. She, I know she had like re-arm construction because like she messed up her arm pretty bad she had some other surgery that we don't need to get into but you'll obviously see the physical differences when you watch her in the ring <laughs> <laughs> but um but uh or not excuse me but yeah so uh am i am i incorrect in that she hasn't fought in a minute no nah, she hasn't fought in a minute it's been i think a year and a half about she fought at the early in 2019 and which was waterson's uh, Ostovich, uh, Rachel Ostovich, which I, I'm in love with Rachel Ostovich, so that's why I really cared about that fight. She well, that, that's a uh, Venezuelan chick. That is, uh, is she Venezuelan? I'm not even sure. Or Hawaiian? Hawaiian, Hawaiian. That's what yeah. it is. She's from yeah. Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Rachel actually was getting the better of her in that fight, but she wound up pulling off a armbar, off like a scramble, pretty much. So she has had some struggles when she did come back. She broke her arm the fight before that. And Watterson, like, really had a showing against her before the, the fight before that. So it's been a while since we've seen her at her best. But she beat Ostovich, even not looking her best. And I just think she's, she's one of those fighters who, because of the hype train and around her looks and her popularity... People underestimate her, but she's tough. She went five rounds with Watterson. She wasn't quitting, so don't sleep on her. I think she's an interesting... She's a live bet to me. She's not one that I would just completely throw out the window. And if, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think she also changed camps. Yeah, a while ago. She changed out when the the alpha male messiness was going on. She was one of the first ones out, and now she's back to, I think, her hometown and training with her husband. Yeah, I think Shamrock's gym. Okay, okay, all right. Interesting, interesting. And uh, I know June fifth, uh, July fifteenth. There's another card, correct? Yes, uh, that was formerly Frankie Edgar versus Pedro Munoz, but Pedro Munoz is out because he tested positive for COVID. And they are looking to possibly find a replacement. Do you think of anybody off top, real quick? I mean, I got really excited because I saw Aljamain Sterling tweeting like he was going to do it. But I, that's a bad decision by him if he does. He should just sit around, get your title shot, bro. You've earned it. Don't do any more. I would be surprised if Aljamain took against Frankie. I mean, he bait like, just because they're in the same camp. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's true. But no, no. Um, Aljamain's the Long Island guys. Yeah, Frankie Edgar, right? No, no. Aljamain's like Matt Serra, Serra Longo. And Frankie Edgar's with, like, I think Almeida. I think is at his camp now. That's South Jersey. Really? Yep, yep. So they they might be friendly, but they're not the same camp. So that's over. Okay, okay. The yeah. one, what I would like to see is the guy who lost to Aljo. It was, it was a quick fight. It was a choke. He didn't take any damage, really. Corey Sandhagen is still a super hot prospect, man. He's... Legit, very good, and he was supposed to fight Frankie Edgar, and that got canceled. So, I think that would be interesting. Get him a chance to get back in here. 
Uh, no, no way. It, because of the way that lo- that loss was, he probably did a two week medical suspension, if that. Okay. Okay. So he then yes, way he is off suspension. Yeah, yeah. So he'll be around. He'll be around. So he should be available, unless he needs to. You know, unless the weight cuts bad. Right. Right. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um. Yeah, Frankie Edgar, man, keeps on fighting, and I and, and I was hearing. And man, I don't know if you heard that, but they were saying that maybe he would go at 125. Did you hear about that? I didn't. That's that's wild. I guess the weight cut was uh not so bad for him to 135, huh? Yeah, apparently. But they were like, you know, if he can't find it at 135, as as impacted as it is right now, um, he may go to 125. And I was like, damn. Yeah, that's crazy. He held the 155-pound title, which is just always blows my mind when I see the size of him compared to those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, And, he, and mean, now he's weight-cutting for the first time, and he's just like, oh, it's not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's all like, well, you know, I, I can do it. If other guys can do it, I can do it, too. So, yeah, no. Okay. All right. Let's show. So... Basically, I'm going with all my dogs except for Rose. Um, I got I got Mazi to all my finish. I've got Max. I'm going with. See, I, damn, I don't know. It's gonna be hard for me to say he's gonna finish Alex, but I think he will at least win by decision. Again, my weakest point is Aldo, but I'm going for Aldo to win. My decision. Um, and I, I that that one's gonna be hard. Like I if I had to do a parlay bet, I would just hope to avoid Aldo altogether. <laughs> but, <laughs> but switching um, page. Yeah, yeah. And then um I got I got Rose. And she I know she's not a dog. Is she a dog? No, she's not. She's like a two to one favorite almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean you can. Yeah, so I um I definitely will go. I'll definitely go for Rose on that. And then I'm not, I don't, I don't care for Paige. You know, I was never a Paige fan. So it is what it is. I, I kind of hope she loses, but if she wins, then at least she, she gets to leave on her, with her head held high. Cause I doubt she'll stay in the UFC. Unless, I mean, the fact that she had said that she never renegotiated. That's probably like Dana probably loves her for that because I know I mean I know she was kind of getting paid well because of her looks, but you know that means that he that's one less headache he has to ever worry about you know, so um, I know she's talking about she wants to get to see what she's worth. I'm sure other places will give her the shot. Um, I can see her going to Bellator because I don't th- I don't I don't see her leaving the country. Um, and she may have some interesting matchups in Bellator, like that girl Valerie Lorena, Laruda. Yeah, L- Lorena. Lorena. Like I'm sure she would love to fight her, yeah. Yeah, and it's up her alley because she could wrestle Lorena. Lorena's karate, so yeah. it'd be interesting. Yeah. But yeah, and there's also um, so one's got the deep pockets. They're always in the discussion, but like yeah, you said, her traveling is tough. There's also the PFL, which has the million-dollar grand pl- prize. Ooh. They might, I could see them making a division for Paige Van Zant because of her, uh, you know, her being such a well-known name. I don't yeah. think they have one yet. 
yeah, but I don't. There, uh, that'd be that'd be that. Paige is not somebody to me that you would want to flagship your. Yeah, you know, like I don't know, but nah, it, it'll be interesting. Then I can't believe we're talking about free agency for Paige as if it's something important. Right. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's get off this box. Yeah, true that. True that, man. True that. Um, uh, so wait a minute. So real quick, can you go over uh, who you got and uh, please uh, let the people uh, know where they can find you at? Yes, sir. So my picks real quick are I'm with you on Us on uh Masvidal to defeat Usman. I've also taken Max as the dog. I'm going with Peter Yan over Aldo though, so that's one favorite I'm taking. Rose I'm taking to finish it early. And then I'm leaning towards Amanda Rivas, but I think that fight is way more up in the air than people are giving it credit for. And the reason I want Rivas to win is because she's definitely gonna be in the UFC and she becomes a, a real prospect to me with this win. Uh, you know, somebody that we're going to be seeing get a big push. That's why they gave her Paige Van Zandt. Uh, if y'all want to check me out, um, I, I go by the J, the number four, Remy, R-E-M-I, on Twitter. And you can find me on a podcast called The Fans Perspective, TFP, also. So check me out if y'all want to look for us. Man, can I, can I get an invite to one of those shows, man? Hell yeah, bro. We were talking about doing we gotta do more MMA episodes, man. So I gotta hit you up, bro. We'll do we'll talk some fighting, bro. We'll do boxing and MMA, baby. I'm with that. I would love it. Um real quick, real quick. Is does Ozdemir have a chance? He definitely does. I think Ozdemir is probably the safer bet because there's always the debut uh jitters and the adjustment to moving over to the UFC. But I do think Yuri Prochaska, I'm not sure what the odds are on it, but I would keep him in mind as a live bet and a, su- a very intriguing prospect at this point. Okay. Dude, I remember I remember we were talking about it's time because Uzumir was, like, knocking people out. And now, dude, like, you know, that's, like, he's Anthony <laughs> Smith's status probably, right? Like, if he doesn't, if he doesn't win this fight, like, I don't know. He, he, he loses this, and the discussion is who in the top, in the bottom of the top fifteen is he fighting? You know, right? Or would he fight like a Corey Anderson or something? I don't know. Not Corey Anderson. Uh, is it Corey Anderson? I'm, I'm thinking. Uh, who's the guy that uh, Jones had beef with? Um, yeah, that's Corey. That's Corey Anderson. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, and then uh, he got knocked out. I forget. I think Jan Blackwood. Yeah, Jan. Jan. Uh, he fought him. That was on a rematch too. That was a rematch. That's right. Revenge. Yeah, revenge is ever, ever so sweet, man. So, yeah, 205. Okay, real quick, man. I already know we, we've been talking for 80 minutes, and I, I really do appreciate you. So I want to give you your flowers now. <laughs> thank you for uh, thank you for coming on. But the notes come back. Yes, and I think it happens before the end of the year, but it's going to be later in the year. And do you believe Alex will look good at heavyweight? Uh, yeah, probably. I think he's got enough size to be a, a interesting character at that level. Okay. Okay. Yep. yep. And, Looking forward to it. And and do you have any update? Because I I remember you were texting me saying that and they may hold up on the possible DC versus Stepe. Stepe being concerned about the cage a? size. Oh, a cage size. Yeah. I, I haven't heard any news on that. It looks like it's still going through. 
and that okay. should be all right. I think. I think so. We will. We will have more when I find out more. You know. <laughs> but that was the noise that was going on for a while. Stipe has had a lot of issues getting in the octagon for a third one. Yeah, and I, I, I totally understand COVID and and his priorities and not having to lose that title. That's all. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's that. There, there's some concern there. But, dude, let's be honest, man. A lot of stuff has changed. I, I, I um, you had mentioned it, um, but weight, you know, from 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 training camps to weight cuts, COVID, unfortunately or fortunately, um, depending on how people have adapted, had it, it, it's a real game changer to a, a lot of sport, sports in general. Sports in general. So it's going to it's going to be interesting because you know like uh, we didn't really talk too much about like how Max Holloway Max Holloway said he didn't train, I mean excuse me he didn't spar right he was doing Zoom workouts with whoever and you know talk, he didn't physically see his his uh, his people until uh, like last Wednesday and stuff like that you know his camp so. And, it's going to be really interesting to see because, and now, you know, it's one thing if you don't have a real like setup as a, you know, spar or a training camp or whatever, when you're amateurs or, you know, you don't get paid or you're in these other leagues, but we're talking about the UFC where everybody's a killer pretty much. Right. And like they pay top, well, they don't pay top notch, but you know, they, you know, they yeah. <laughs> the best you can get in, you in right. MMA right now. Right. Right. You know? <laughs> so, I guess my thing is, is that, like, do you think that we're going to see a shift? Because you have fighters, I mean, at Masvidal, let's be honest, he wasn't supposed He was not supposed He was in the sense that, yeah, he deserved it, but he wasn't going to get paid what he was supposed to, right? The UFC stepped up and said, like, hey, we'll get close as we can, and he was like, fine, right? We have the John Jones now who, like, is in limbo because they don't want to pay him. We, we know Connor is probably feeling the same way, and that's why Connor is not fighting right now, right? So, on one hand, fighters are kind of pushing for more pay when, and they probably have a right to because, like John Jones says, so you have money for an island, but you don't have money to pay who you call the GOAT, right? And then, on the other end, these fighters, and look, look at Platinum Perry, like, well, I guess he has more tax issues, but. <laughs> but on the other, uh, but on the other hand, UFC has to; these fighters have to figure out how can they isolate themselves and be safe. Because, I mean, I'm I'm sure Gilbert wasn't expecting to lose out on his paycheck. You know, Pedro uh, Mujos wasn't expecting to lose on these paychecks. You know, so I dude, I think it's gonna be an interesting dilemma. I mean, it's one thing. It's one thing UFC already had a history of people not being able to make weight. This is going to be huge, dude. I'm surprised it hasn't shown up more in the weight cuts so far. Like, that has shocked me, fam. And I definitely agree. It We're at a time where the fighters are probably more concerned with security and long-term financial security than they ever were before. And the UFC is also probably looking down the line and thinking how long until we can start charging ticket prices and filling arenas again we have to cut costs and we've seen it come to a head repeatedly i had no faith that masvidal was gonna get this fight 
because I thought they would be cheap again. And I think we'll see that again if Frankie Edgar doesn't get a big-name opponent for Wednesday. It's a Wednesday card. They'll probably think, you know what, we'll just get what we can and throw something on top, you know? I think that's uh, that's what they're doing at this point. Some of these cards have been, they look thrown together. And it's a combination of the circumstances, the financial issues, and just timing right now. They're trying to rush out cards. But I think we've already seen COVID transform things. And I think it's definitely worth mentioning um, RIP to Khabib's father. Uh, I think it's Abdulmanap or something along those lines. But uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov's father passed away due to complications related to COVID. Two of his training partners have um, stepped down from what would have been debuts at Fight Island. And they're in mourning. So he, he influenced a lot of fighters that we see in the UFC. He influenced the guy who's in the GOAT conversation. And you can see how much they all admired him and learned from him. So RIP. Okay. You you kind of opened a can of worms with that, and <laughs> and and um, we'll we'll make this quick. So one final thought: mm-hmm. What do you think happens to Khabib now? Um, I I have concerns about where his head will be at. DC said he's you know he's not certain if you know trainings like Khabib's losing himself in training, but that doesn't mean he's ready to fight. Was I think what I heard from DC essentially, and I could see this being something where other other things take priority over fighting for Khabib for a while and uh, I wouldn't blame him at all so right now I think it's very up in the air I'd like to see him come back and keep fighting but I I'm a little I'm a little nervous about it that you know it seemed like his father really was a big positive influence that kept him driven and going and I, I just hope that everything works out well for him I think I I, I agree um I think we're very close to having Khabib retire. Um, unfortunately, because I think he's a tremendous talent, one of once in a lifetime talent. But I do believe if Dana, if Dana, <laughs> okay, Justin Gaethje is one, right? That 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 that's already that's gonna be a handful, but. That Connor fight, dude. I if they try to make that fight now, like it was Khabib's father that really kept Khabib in check. I don't see how if if Connor comes with that venom that he always does, I don't see how the hell they make it. Well, maybe because of COVID now, because <laughs> you know people have to be isolated. So, but <laughs> <laughs> the only but, safe time to do it. Yeah. Yeah, like, dude, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know how you get that fight off, dude. I don't, I, I don't know, I don't know if Khabib has the mental energy in himself now, right? Like, it was one thing, it's one thing to be your own, but I think his father really rained down on Khabib outside, you know, of what we know, and was like, hey, man, like, you need to chill out. Um, without that guidance, you know, shit, dude. It could be Kanye without his mom, dude. Like, I don't, I don't. That that that. I don't know if we want to have an unhinged Khabib, yo. Yeah, man. He has been on the verge of brawls with the Diaz brothers and others before too. You know, Artem before Connor got there. 
So they, yeah, he's definitely a thug. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's, he's been on edge, man. <laughs> yeah, dude, he's already like he's already like uh, like exactly, dude. Like he's definitely not somebody who they think is meek or anything like that because he he like he shows a calm demeanor for the most part. But like, if you catch him outside of these cameras, bro, like. And, and 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 we know Connor is a trigger, dude. We know Connor's a trigger, and if, and you already know Connor will go to dark places, and he probably will just so he can get Khabib to to be unhinged. I don't know if that's a, if that's gonna. I I mean, all is fair in a sense in a fight game, but I I I think that'd be really intriguing. If if Khabib were to take that fight, because they they have to that's, uh, essentially agree, right? So if Khabib Khabib's like, nah, I'm not doing it. Then it doesn't matter. But if they both sign, then I mean, I, I would think all all is fair. Now it's like you already know what you know what Connor's gonna do, dude. Like, yep, Con- Connor's goal is to push buttons and get in your head. So it would be it. And the thing is, I just think Khabib would ask for such a tremendous amount of money to take that fight because there's no incentive anymore connor has one win over cerrone in the last what three years so there's no reason to even bother or entertain it unless the ufc is paying him out the ass to do it so i think that's the one thing that may be able to keep him kind of happy would be if uh khabib is just laughing all the way to the bank the way cerrone was smiling throughout it Throughout their uh, training, I don't know. I don't know if Cerrone was actually smiling because he told us that that chat. I think he was just happy to get that to have happy to face Connor. Um, it was the but, Budweiser can. I'm telling you, man, he was hype. Uh, I guess. I guess the only thing I would say is that uh, DC has said that you know Khabib's not really moved by money, so we'll see. I mean, again, to your point, it could be just a large where it's just like. He can help somebody because we know Khabib likes to help out people. So maybe it could just be such a legacy thing where he's like, you know what, dude? Like, cause I don't see him fighting. I don't know. Like, I, I was already telling you, I don't see Khabib fighting too much longer. I definitely don't see Khabib fighting too much longer. Like, who knows if this just like right now we know the Justin fight's on, but who knows? Like, who knows what's gonna happen, dude? So, um, a, a definitely a topic. Obviously, we'll touch on as it gets closer. And uh, but again, man, thank you very much for coming on and, and spending time and getting a lot of the MMA. We haven't talked a lot recently, and uh, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of MMA has gone past. You know, and oh, one big thing for the fans, I think you know, this is going to be a bigger octagon in Apex, UFC uh, Apex in Vegas. It was a smaller octagon, so it's another thing. So expect a different type of fight. Um, those fight cards that we've been having recently, dude, they, they've, I don't know, they probably, the fights have probably been, been benefited the way it has because of a, it's a smaller octagon, you know? So yep. that's one thing to, to definitely be, uh, worth noting. But anyway, guys, thank you for listening to the podcast. You can catch us on, uh, Anchor and then it's FTESWL on Twitter. Catch me at Kosher, FTESWL one more time. Remy, for your uh, yes, sir. That's J the number four and Remy R E M I. So J four Remy on Twitter and the fans' perspective is the podcast. You can catch me on Anchor, Spotify, all that stuff.
Thank you, everybody. Stay blessed. Stay positive. We're out.